0: Welcome to the Business Vitality Podcast. My name is Katherine Canty. I am the host and an executive coach. I work with teams, individuals, and leaders to help create measured leadership change. We do that using practical applications, and our clients are creating 100% measured results as seen by those around them, not necessarily what I think or what they think, but what the other people are seeing and they are being recognized for the hard work that they're doing. If you're interested in learning more about some of the work that we're doing, you can learn more at kathrynpanty.com. I would love for you to subscribe to this show to Business Vitality. This is my way to continue to pay it forward and share business best practices. Stay tuned and listen to the interview. Thanks for being here. Kelly. Charles Collins, you are the founder and and keynote speaker of HR Legally Speaking found on the web at kellycharlescollins.com. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Oh, Catherine, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to have this conversation.
0: I love this. And I loved all your research. You know, we we started looking at, at your background and everything you're doing. And it is just a great opportunity to get to speak with you. And For those that are new to you, do you mind talking about the work that you're doing and and your, your company?
1: Absolutely. So, I, as you said, I'm the CEO of HR Legally Speaking um, and also the CEO of another company called Speaker Moguls. But in HR Legally Speaking, the overall, um, the art, overarching theme is really around accountability and inclusivity. So, when I work with corporations, I work with them to empower their teams and their leaders to create inclusive cultures and conversational cultures. Um, it's my belief that every person and every voice matters. And so I'm always working to develop trainings and, you know, develop resources and help people develop the skills to be able to converse with each other, to communicate effectively so that they can lead effectively so that the place that we spend most of our time, which is the office, is not that dreaded space. Like we're like, oh, I got to go to that place on Monday, that it's some place that we really do want to be and that we can thrive.
0: I love that. And so you have a number of books that are out. You have a new one that's out. And I love the title about conversations. Talk about the book and maybe maybe one of your favorite stories in that book, because I really think that at the core of everything, it's communication and it's it's conversation. So I would love to hear your thoughts on that.
1: Absolutely. So the my newest book is called Catalyst, and it's the humanistic guide to ignite dialogue, shift perspectives and cultivate change. And it's more of a real practical guide, more than like a storytelling. Um, But, you know, what I've learned. So my background is that I am an employment law trial attorney. So I practice law for two decades, for over two decades. And in the last two decades of my career, I worked with organizations, so small companies to billion-dollar global companies, representing them in state and federal courts. And I'm also a mediator and an arbitrator. So I have heard a lot and seen a lot um, in workplaces and how conversations, the lack of conversation or miscommunication, um, really can impact a workplace. And it's not just the bottom line because we think about the bottom line, but it also impacts people personally. And so when George Floyd was murdered, one of the things that, you know, everybody wanted to start talking like we had nothing else to do. We were were home when we had nothing else to do. And companies started asking me to do these listening sessions. And we started talking about things that we've never spoken about in, in workplaces, race, racism. What I learned, though, most importantly from those conversations is that people, in fact, wanted to have conversations. They wanted to have these deep types of conversations. They just didn't know how to have them. They were afraid that if they started this conversation, they were going to say something wrong. They were going to offend somebody. They were going to destroy a relationship. And so that was an impetus for me to say, like, step back and really give people the skills So I developed what I call the perfect framework for courageous conversations, which is laid out um, in the book. So it's prepare, engage, reflect. And then now what I'm doing with um, organizations is helping them, giving them strategies to build conversational cultures, right? So we have our converse framework that talks about how you can really develop the culture because you need both. You need the culture that allows for these conversations, and then people need to know how to have the conversation. So both of those things need to be aligned. So the book really focuses on the practical. How do you actually have these conversations?
0: I think practical applications are are just core in business, like the practicalities, like how do we get down to just easy stuff that we can implement? And I love the fact that you have a framework for it, and you've created the space for people to have conversations that there really wasn't a space before, and what you reference, I remember being part of a group that would meet once a week on conference calls just to be able to to talk about yeah. inclus inclusivity and and racism and like just trying to understand because um, you're right, we don't always know how to talk, and we got to figure out how to just open up the door in a safe space to be able to move ahead and and grow. Um, so. I have a huge amount of respect for what you're doing, and I think it's needed. And I love, I love to hear that, and to, to hear that we can take something really complicated and create a framework and help each other figure out how to navigate this. I think yes. is, is fantastic. Is that something that just comes naturally to you to create a framework to create the complicated and boil it down into practical applications? Talk about that. Yes. Storyline.
1: Yeah. It's interesting because I'm a lawyer, right? So, you know, we like to make everything complicated because the more complicated it is, the more work we have. Um, But I've always had this knack for making really complex issues simple and just down to earth. I learned that from working with my clients as an attorney, because what I found is that if I could get them to understand maybe the why, the how, like really just get Mm -hmm. to the bottom line of things, instead of just you know trying to overwhelm them with my, my brilliance in terms of you know my legal brilliance, it made for a better partnership. And it made it easier for us to work together, for me to get the information that I needed, for me to communicate to them why things were so important and why you shouldn't be doing this or why I need you to do this. And so I think when you are able to meet people um, where they are, but leverage what it is that you know. So even now, as a speaker and a you know as a trainer inside of corporations, I'm always thinking as a lawyer that that is just the filter. My filter is a legal filter, right? It's always risk management. Um, that's the filter, but I also know that. I could speak at a level of, you know, with all the legalese, nobody will know what I'm talking about. And my goal is always to open people's hearts so that they can change their minds. So if I want to do that, I have to meet people where they are. So I have to, and it's not like people say, oh, dumbing down. It's not dumbing down. It is just really understanding what is the objective that I'm trying to reach and what is the best way that's going to get me there.
0: Do you have an example, maybe a story of, of how you were able to navigate that? Because I remember I spent 20 years in corporate and I remember trying to navigate and it's my fault for just not knowing, but I would see potential. I'm like, oh, we can do this. Like, this is awesome. Like, we're going to grow, da, 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 da. But then I realized I'm not meeting people where they are. And now I've like hindered the relationship because mm-hmm. I'm like super pumped, but we're not there yet as a team. Yeah. So do you have a a story that you could share in regards to that?
1: Yeah, I'll share an example of like one of my clients. So mm-hmm. one of my clients um they were having some real issues in their organization and so having to um release some people, right? <laughs> to mm-hmm. terminate some people. And so one of the things that that obviously gets very expensive, right? For me to always be writing out releases and doing all the things. And for them, what I had to do with her is like really just talk to her and teach her inside of the release. Like, why are these things in here? Why are we doing these things? Why is it important for you to ask these questions? Why do you need this type of information? As you're thinking about the person that you're going to be releasing, where is that person in the organization? Does that person have an employment contract? Is there benefits? Are there things? So, really, just educating about the pieces instead of saying, Well, here, this is what you need to get them to sign, because I'm not going to be there when the person has to sign it. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's not them. And it's not about, you know, saying to them, like, you be the lawyer. It's about having them understand the pieces so that if somebody were to ask them a question, they could, you know, answer like in a general fashion. I'm not giving you legal advice, but my understanding is this. And I remember one day, um, she sent me an email, and she had drafted um, she had drafted the release. And she was like, "Kelly, you've turned me into a lawyer, right?" And she <laughs> sent it to me. She was so excited because she, you know, the person that she had to release, she was putting the information in there. Obviously, as a lawyer, I'm going to review it before it goes mm-hmm. out. But it gave her such autonomy, and she she felt so empowered to be able to be a partner to me and to send that information to me. And obviously it saved them time and money, but it also gave her a real sense of being in partnership with me to be able to do the work that she needed to do. And I think that's really the the point of all this, right? Is that to really empower people, to feel that they can do the things, to empower people to th- feel that we are in partnership. We are in this together. When we're in organizations, there is an overarching objective, right? There is a mission, there's a vision for the organization, and we should all be working towards that. But if we don't feel that we're valued, seen, heard, if people are talking over us, if people are like, well, yeah, you don't need to know what that is, right? Or, you know, don't worry about that. Such and such will take care of it. If if part of my role is to understand that and you're not including me in it, then you know, that's a real, um, that just causes friction in the workplace that's unnecessary. And so for me, I'm always trying to figure out like, how do I empower people to do the things, even if they don't need to do them, but to understand why things are being done.
0: I think that's so important. And some of the, the best clients that I've worked with, they explain the why throughout the process. And then as they explain the why other people understand, and I've seen it go through the culture, like it started with one person, and they explained the why, and then other people, they began to pick up on the modeling of this behavior, and it was fantastic. And I have to give a shout out to my, my legal partners that I've had in the past in corporate, because I would work with vendors, and I'd, you know, go find a solution, and I began to realize I've got to bring them in earlier, because they can help me with these contracts, and I don't have to re-explain everything, they can just tell me from the beginning. Hey, this is what we need to be look at. And I'll never forget, I met with one of our corporate attorneys and I said, all right, I have another contract for review. I haven't signed anything. I have another contract for review. What are like some of these key things that I can just go ahead and start looking at before I bring it to you so we can just speed this up? Because we had to build trust and we had to kind of build that relationship. And I just remember feeling empowered from the attorneys that I worked with in corporate because they said, here are just three things. If you can cover these three things, this will like bypass the first two meetings that we need to go to. Yeah. I'm like, fantastic. So yeah. what you're doing, teaching the why, empowering people, it, it works mm-hmm. and it's, it's so powerful. So I love that you talked about that. And you said something else and I saw this on your site um, about feeling valued being seen, being heard, I would love for you to be able to talk about that because I think there's this illusion that that you see on social media, and that's not the same as, as being that authentic version and, and really feeling that value. And I would love to hear your perspective on the value, the being seen and being heard.
1: I mean, we're humans, right? And all humans want to be appreciated. No matter what your love language is, your love language <laughs> is about the appreciation that you want out in life, right? And however that comes to you. And when people, even introverts, um want to be seen, they may not want to be seen under the spotlight, but they want to know that that people see them as human beings, that you appreciate what they're doing, that they're valued. And if that if when they want to speak up, that people are actually listening to them, right? So, you know, we tell people bring your authentic self to work, but then we're like, but not that authentic,
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> no, we yes.
1: want to see, but we don't want to see that much. Um, yes. You know, we have an open door policy, but you can only talk to this person. Like, you can't, you 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 can't bypass this person to go speak to that person. Right, and so, or you're in a meeting, and they will oh, we would love to hear everybody's thoughts, and we would love your input, and it's like, okay, no, 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 we'll get back to that. Right, mm-hmm. there is an innate, um, an innate um, desire of a human to want to feel connected, and that connectedness and that um, belonging. We, you know, you hear us talking a lot about diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. That feeling of belonging. Um, and that people genuinely care about you as a human, so they see you, right? They will listen to you, not just you know, hearing as a mechanism, but they'll actually listen, right? Actively listen to what you're saying, take it in, and whether they disagree or agree, but really, you know, take in that information, and that they value the things that you're saying, that they 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 put stock into what you're saying. So if I give you an idea. Or, you know, I, I want to change a process or, you know, I say to you, you know, listen, I'm I'm not well today, or I just I need a break, mm-hmm. that you value me enough as a human being to see that and be like, okay, let let's see what we can do. So it's it's not just about the work, right? It's not just about the work that we're doing and that we're getting the tasks done but to be seen, heard, and valued as a human being and allow me to show up in that space. We all come to work with baggage, right? Mm-hmm. Some of us come to work and baggage is put upon us, right? Mm-hmm. So you have people, like you have Black and brown people, non-white people who come to work and there's additional baggage that's put upon us, not because we want that put upon us, but there's that's just the nature of life. That's just the nature of workplaces and We come into those spaces feeling that we have to do more. We have to be more. We can't just do our work, right? I have to figure out, is my hair, you know, do you think my hair is okay? The hair that grows out of my head, do you think is unprofessional? So there's lots of things that we have to really start to think about in terms of workplaces. And if we want people to stay, we're always talking about retention Mm
0: -hmm. and that there's
1: issues with retention, a lot of it has to do with people just not feeling that that's a place that they belong, that they're, you know, that they are respected in that place. Right. I have a model in life that says I belong everywhere I am, but I don't belong everywhere. And so to the extent that I don't feel belonging, um, you're, you're going to lose access to me. That's what's happening in workplaces. People don't feel that they're valued. They don't feel that they're seen. They don't feel that they're heard. So there's the great resignation. There's quiet quitting. There's all the things that are happening. And everyone's like, wait, wait, what's happening? It's the workplace. It's the Mm -hmm. culture, right? And so it just seems basic. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, I see you. No, do you really see me? Like, do you really see me as a human being, as an individual human being mm-hmm. right not as part of a group.
0: That is fantastic. Thank you for sharing. And, and I see your speaker come out like as you talk and, and the excitement and the power that comes with it. And I, I saw you're a TEDx speaker, which yeah. is no easy thing to do. No. <laughs> <laughs> so tell, I'm I'm curious, can you talk about that? Because I'm I'm I can tell you're a powerhouse and you can tell a story. So talk about this TEDx and Listen. where do people find this?
1: So the TEDx was, at um, in, in the end of 2017, I made this list. Um, it was when I was thinking about transitioning out of the practice of law and I made this list. And the list was to write my first book, to, be, to actually get my, you know, become a professional speaker and be paid for that. And um, also to do a TEDx. And so I applied, I applied to two of them and I did get accepted to both, but they were too close. And I was like, I I can only take on one. It was, um, a challenging experience. So even though I'm a speaker and I was a lawyer and I, you know, I've taught law school and high school and college and all the things that was such a different experience, right? So my coach she would talk to me and she was like, Oh, that's great. She was like, "Uh, but that's a presentation. This is a talk. This is being able to like share an idea, right? So they say it's an idea worth sharing and it's such a different way of um, having to communicate. Uh, And it was great. It was a great experience. What most people don't know is that that morning I was very sick. I had gotten Mm. sick the night before. I don't know how, like I was so sick. And that morning I was supposed to be at the theater, I think like at nine at eight o'clock, I hadn't even taken a shower. Like I was so sick and I just was praying. And I said, God, please give me 15 good minutes. Cause my talk was like 12 minutes. I said, just give me 15 good minutes and I'll get this out. Cause I had practiced and practiced and practiced for months and hours. And, um, so I was able to get dressed and get to the theater. A good friend of mine was there. He had ginger ale and crackers for me. <laughs> and yeah, I, I got on the stage and God gave me those 15 minutes and the rest what is history. history. So I, I was looking at it the other day and it's almost at 50,000 views. So I think that that's awesome.
0: Congratulations. And, and, and congratulations for getting through it and finding the power and, and the stamina to just be able to have the the 15 minutes to be able to do it. Like it's, it's a blessing to be able to to pull it all together, despite everything. That's like the big fear, you know, a speaker or a guest somewhere is, will I be well (laughs) during this time? And it's really unforeseen and you have to overcome it. So um, that is fantastic. All right. So I have, I have one more question. I'm curious You love to learn. You love to share. And I love to hear from other people. Where are you learning and how are you learning? Because that's how we get to learn from each other. So
1: so a lot of my learning right now is from mentors, like hiring people, like working with people who are doing are in the space that I want to get to right. Who are where I want to be those. That's how I'm learning books, Sometimes it's funny, I'm not a book reader. I don't love to read books. I will write books, <laughs> I <don't laughs> love, but I don't love to read books. And I think that comes from just practicing law and having to read, 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 read. But I'm um, I'm an auditory learner. And so really listening to people, um, I like to listen to podcasts. Um, I will watch you know, different workshops. And just, I like to watch people, but I also like to watch process. Right. So f- that's really important to me, watching process. But the people how I'm really learning is through, you know, hiring the right mentors and coaches and, you know, my friends.
0: All right. Then are you just cold calling on these people or what are you doing? No, I mean, I pay my
1: co- coaches and mentors. Right. So I'm in right. coaching programs and pay lots of money for those. Um And then I have friends who like, you know, those are my, like my ride or die. And it's like, okay, this is happening. And we'll be texting. Like one of us, we were texting yesterday. She was having an issue. I'm trying to, you know, trying to help her. My, one of my mentors is actually also a strategic business partner. So I work with her often and she'll, um, train my clients, I train her clients. So that's a great um, relationship. And she'll just call, you know, she'll call me to check in on me like, hey, what's going on and give me ideas and, you know, help me through the business because we do the same thing. So yeah, I mean, if I had to cold call somebody because I have an issue, I'll call.
0: (laughs) I (laughs) have a person
1: who loves to ask for help, but there's times where it's like, yeah, I need help right now.
0: Yes. Yes. Well, you sound fearless and you sound like you would be a fantastic speaker to have anywhere to talk about anything. So if someone wanted to learn more about you, Kelly, or just continue the conversation, what do you have? What suggestion do you have for them?
1: So go to kellycharlescollins.com because that's, that's my website. You'll find everything there, but if you're on social media and you're in the, either the corporate space or you want to be a speaker, I'm on LinkedIn, LinkedIn and Facebook are, but I would say go to my website. That'll take you everywhere.
0: Fantastic. Kelly Charles Collins, you are the founder and keynote speaker of HR Legally Speaking found on the web at kellycharlescollins.com. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me.
0: Thanks for listening to the episode. If you like it, please subscribe, share this episode or this show with other people around you. The greatest form of a compliment is a referral. I really appreciate them. And if you think that you wanna learn more about some of the work we're doing, I encourage you to reach out to KatherineCampty.com. You can schedule a call or just continue to read articles and information that we post out there. Thank you so much for being here.